Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. On January 1st, 1863, Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, declaring all persons held as enslaved within the rebellious areas shall be free. But on December 18, 1865, the 13th Amendment was adopted as part of the United States Constitution, officially abolishing slavery and immediately freeing more than 100,000 enslaved people. But to this day, Black people still feel or face inequities because of slavery. And some believe that dwelling in the past is preventing Black people from moving forward, progressing. Is it time? to get over slavery. I can't wait for this one. Let's get down to business. Please welcome music artist and host of the Gray Area podcast, Bryson Gray. Hi, Bryson. What's up, what's up, what's up? Thanks for having me. The founder and host of the African History Network show, Michael Emotep is here. Hi, Michael. Hey, Miss Tammy Mack. Thanks for having me back. The CEO of the Kevin Jackson Network, Kevin Jackson. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I'm proud to be among such uh, esteemed Black people. Yes, indeed. And lead organizer at the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California, Chris Lodgson is with us. Hi, Chris. Peace, peace. What's up? What's up? So for those of you who aren't familiar with the show, you should be, shame on you. Uh, The business of being Black is indeed about the business of being Black. And so I always ask the first question, why should Black people care? So why should Black people care about slavery today? Why should Black people care about slavery today? Mr. Emotep, let's kick things off. Well, thanks for having me uh, once again. So when we deal with a history of 246 years of slavery, which deals with leads to a U.S. Civil War, 1861-1865, Reconstruction, decades of Jim Crow segregation, redlining, housing discrimination, et cetera, it impacts African-Americans' economic condition today. It impacts our politics. It impacts our health disparities. All this is connected. So we should care not to necessarily so much dwell in the past or say we can't do this or they won't let us do this, but to understand the successes that we've had, to understand our failures, to understand how to overcome that and how to how to change the conditions today. So nobody to, so no other people are told to forget their history. Okay, specifically, African-Americans are usually told that. And usually the people who tell them that are the ones who benefit for trying trying to keep them ignorant and to suppress that history. I don't know that I agree wholly with Michael on that. I think that he's right, that we shouldn't forget our history. I think the real question is, how long do you dwell on it? Hold that thought, Kevin. How long do you dwell on it? We're going to hold that thought. The question at hand is, why should Black people care about slavery today? Well, I think Black people should care about slavery, to Michael's point, to the degree that we shouldn't forget our history. How should should we care about it in the sense of has has it impacted us as slaves? The short answer is no. Uh, We don't know anybody that were slaveholders. There's certainly a lot of history around this subject with respect to Blacks. I'm talking about Africans who were the ones who sold us into slavery. It wasn't like the white man went over there and just kicked butt and took us, brought us here. There's also the aspect that Blacks who came here were slave owners. There were slave-owning Blacks. So if we're going to talk about it, we have to talk about it honestly. And then we have to ask ourselves 
again, how long are we going to let something impact us? I think that we do need to understand our history, but I also think that we need to understand that we can move on. Most of us have moved on. And with with all due respect to remembering history, I'm not going to pay homage to it as if, uh, you know, as if it's something that is going to drive me going forward. And the one final. Okay, hold that thought, Kevin. Hold that thought. Uh, I got to get this question in for everybody. Bryson, why should black people care? That's the question. Why should black people care about slavery today? Uh, black people should care because it's history, but they should care about it in its proper context. Uh, Kevin hit on a few great points. Uh, people don't understand how black people rebuilt themselves, got themselves up right after slavery, were doing better, the family was more intact right after slavery. Uh, and now us who never been through slavery, our generation, we're trying to blame, we're trying to blame our shortcomings on slavery. I don't think it's logical. If they could overcome, we should overcome, and that should be how we view the history of slavery, overcome, All right. not, not victim. Chris, why should black people care, Chris? Why should black people care? That is the question. Yeah, so both Kevin and Bryson are absolutely wrong, and Michael's absolutely right. Why we should care is because, actually, slavery is still going on. You can be enslaved today, literally. You can be enslaved today if you are convicted of a crime. Our state constitution here in the state of California has the same exception clause that our federal constitution has that says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude is prohibited, comma, except as punishment for a crime. So you can, and there are brothers and sisters that look just like me and you enslaved right now, working for nothing right now. As a matter of fact, I worked on a bill just this year called ACA3 here in the state legislature that would have removed that slavery and exception clause from our state constitution, and the state Senate in California voted it down. So we should care because it's still going on. Ooh, well, so to, that's to that one point, right there. Go ahead, to, Kevin. To, to that point, Tammy, I agree. I agree with, with, with the gentleman here. Uh, there's a lot of the, that that type of at thing is something I would gladly jump behind in terms of criminal justice reform. But we're talking about it in the context of the bigger picture and how we're using the idea of slavery, you know, to to not further ourselves as a community. If you want to go even further than that, how about the 1.4 million slaves in Nigeria that nobody talks about? How about the 1.3 million slaves in Congo? If black people want to be concerned about slavery, it still exists all over the world in the context you agree of what we should still care. So you so 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 then you agree that black people should still care about slavery because it from because it impacts us today. I'm talking about, I'm talking about slavery. I'm talking about slavery in America. I don't believe anybody should be enslaved. And to that point I made earlier. The criminal justice system, as you have pointed out, is indeed enslaving black folks wrongly. And many of, yeah, you're more than welcome. When you make the right point, I'm going to tell you about it. But in terms of what Bryce and I are talking about, and you wholly dismiss what we said, I completely disagree. Look, my great-grandparents were slaves. I know the two plantations my family was on. I know the white families, that the Clasbys and the, and the McKinlands, who held my family in slavery. But at the end of the day, I ain't mad at them. I, it's over. I, I'm not a slave, and I'll t- tell you this. Not I will never be- it's not over until we get reparations. It's not over until we get correction for what happened to your family and to my family. It's not over until we are paid reparations. Yeah, well, how are you going to do that? Fix What's going well? Well, California is the first state to actually create a state reparations commission. I actually worked on that bill too, AB thirty one twenty one. California is the first state in the nation to create a state reparations commission. That commission is holding hearings right now. We just came from LA just last week on Friday. Yeah, right, Friday and Saturday, right here, right in the city of LA. There were hearings for the state 
reparations commission. So we so are before good. we get on to reparations, Chris, exactly. uh, what comes to Different mind? Topic. I had a question for that. Mind, what Very comes related. to mind? What comes to mind when you hear the word slavery? Obviously, slavery and African Americans go hand in hand. So let's talk about what the black experience is like in America. What do you what what Michael? What comes to mind when you hear slavery? Well, when we when we deal when I hear slavery or deal with the history of slavery, we're dealing with oppression. We're dealing with laws being put in place to uh, strip African people of their history, culture, language, spiritual systems. You had laws, uh, so different colonies had different laws at different times. It's important to understand that 1619 codified slave laws don't exist in any of the 13 colonies. It's Massachusetts that's the first colony to have codified slave laws in 1641. They come to uh, Virginia about. 1660 or so. So we're dealing with a uh, system that is designed to extract the labor from African people, from African Americans, and uh, reduce them uh, to, to, to put them in a class of chattel. When we talk about chattel slavery here in the U.S., where um, your children are born into slavery, okay, as well, and you're in slavery for perpetuity. So we're dealing with the uh, that was a outlawed system. by the Constitution. We're dealing with but a continues, but it continues. So let me finish, please, because I haven't interrupted anybody. Uh, so when we deal with uh, understanding this history, then you have to understand how a system of slavery in this country contributed to the gross domestic product of this country, contributed to the wealth of the United States, whether we talk about the production of cotton, whether we talk about the exploitation of the 262 skills, trades, and crafts that African people had in this country from 1619 to 1865. And then after slavery ends, okay, um, with, with the, the, the ratification of the 13th Amendment, December 6, 1865, 1866, and after that, you have a lot of your large labor unions. That All right, hold that like, thought. That's what I get for talking to a historian. I, we 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 gonna go back. We gonna go back. How huh, much? All right, Bryson, slavery. What what comes to mind when you hear the word? What comes to mind is people don't know real history. And they in 1863 is when 90% of slaves were freed, right? And it, they did a study in 1870 in a few counties in Florida and found that 56% of black families had both parents. 15 years later, 89% of black families have both parents. How did we move up under these uh, under such oppressive uh, uh, laws that oppressed us, but now we're going down and blaming it on slavery? But the people fresh out of slavery didn't blame anything on nothing. They just did better. You could you could do the same logic with Black Wall Street. It got rebuilt five years later. And then people talk about reparations. Go look at the, go to an Indian reservation and tell me you want you want reparations real quick. Right. And then people walk black people walk around talking about what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And yet at the end of the day. We're complaining about everything. As my grandmother would say, could have a ham under each arm and be begging for bread. When yeah. are we going to finally wake up? Look, we can talk about the history of this all day long. And if you want to, if you want to intellectualize it, then yeah. So we've got Michael, who's the smartest guy in the room when it comes to understanding the history of slavery. But see, the difference with me is I've lived in this in this country for more than five decades. And I've watched the evolution of black people with my own eyes. I've watched family, friends. Hold that thought, Kevin. Uh, we all been living in America, though, Kevin. But hold that thought, because uh, I've got to watch the evolution of these commercials. I've got to watch the evolution of these commercials. Let's go. 
Welcome back to the business of being black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is slavery. Ooh, should black people get over it? Or I guess, should America get over it, right? Is it time? Let's ask the question. Is it time for African-Americans to get over slavery, Chris? No, absolutely not. There so I should no, still be thinking about it. That's absolutely right. Not until, at least until we get our reparations until we get the correction that we deserve for what was done to us during slavery and the lingering and legacy effects that still affect us today why? after slavery. If you think about, for ex well, why? Because every other group that has something done to them got reparations. Every that's other group that has something done true. to them that's got reparations. Wait, wait, every wait, other wait, group, the wait. Japanese, the Jews, the folks yeah. in 9-11, the Armenians, etc., etc., etc. And the legacy effects of slavery still affect us today. I'll give you a specific example. Talk about the racial wealth gap. The racial wealth gap. That's the best summary measure of the lingering effects of slavery from then till now. That's Chris, not just me talking. Not that, is the top that is the top economist in the country, right. Dr. William. Go ahead, Gary Bryson. Hey, Chris. Top my, my in the country saying that. Go ahead, Bryson. The top economist. My, my measured by whom? My question is this. We already know what reparations look like in real life. The Native Americans, the Indians, they <laughs> got everything. Not got, for let, us. Let me finish. They got everything you're asking for. They have a lower median household income, higher suicide rate, high depression rate, high drug rate, high crime rate. Very That's poor. not us. But 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 they, they got what you're asking for. No, uh, that, no, I'm average, not asking average, for that. Listen, listen, <laughs> guess what? Average people learn from their own mistakes. Smart people learn from everybody else's mistakes also. So we see. So, so listen, do you say we, anything we, about the Jews? When we like, when we, listen, do, do, same do, thing, listen. Well, what, what about the Jews? What, what is it do you feel like the Jews have gotten that we haven't gotten? You know what the Jews have over us? Let me, let me say this. What, and they're doing a hell of a lot better what than us. What the Hold Jews, that thought, Chris, Kevin. Go ahead. What the Jews have over us is that they have strong families. That's what the Jews have over us. The Jews have been very strategic in how they've decided to go about getting what they want out of this country. Their degrees are in, in finance, economics, banking, Media, they do things that are productive. And if you read uh, the the outliers, are you'll you understand. are you insinuating that black people don't do things that are productive, Kevin? I what know. I'm saying is what? No, that's not what I'm insinuating. I, what I'm but saying you just is said it. we we don't. Sp okay, you, you can interpret it any way you want. You're not going to give me give you're ahead, not going to give it to me. At the end of the day, they are very strategic in the things that they go after. They go after things that involve banking. They, have to, they go after things that involve finance. They go after things that they know the time value of money. And over generations, they've managed to do this. They've also uh, put a very high importance in education, which is what we used to do. And so they dominated the Ivy Leagues and, and, and essentially built an ecosystem to where they could not fail. Now, okay. many times we've tried to do oh. this as Blacks, and it's a good idea. The problem is we, ne we don't execute properly on it, wow. and we start doing things involving, you know, entertainment and things like this. Well, look, everybody's not LeBron James and everybody can't be Beyonce, but you can't do things that will lead to that. And, that, and I think that if we were oh, to that really thought, look Kevin, at Let's get Michael in here. Michael, is it time for us to forget about slavery, get over this thing? Look, it happened, as you said, uh, way in the 1600s. Well, child slavery, well, child slavery ends uh, 154 years ago. Uh, 1865. We're still feeling the effects of it. We're still feeling the effects of the Civil War. Should we get over it? it? No. Well, no. Actually, America has never a, has never had a concerted, protracted uh, effort 
to deal with the legacy of slavery and the harm done to African-Americans. Wow. That's what we should do. It's, it, it, it's time to really address that history, not forget the history, okay? Now, at the same time, my degree is in business administration with a major in marketing. I'm not saying that we shouldn't get into finance. I'm not saying that we shouldn't get into banking, all Thank that. You, I've, been, I've been preaching economic empowerment for 30 years. I, okay? I believe it. Okay, so all of that has to come together. At the same time, I don't think it's, and I'm not saying anybody here is saying this, but at the same time, I don't think that we should get into a habit, because I do hear some people saying that where we can't do this because of that. We can't do this. They won't let us do this. They won't let us do that. We've always found a way to organize to fight against those conditions. What a great man, Michael, you have said you have said the magic words, Michael. Wait, hold that thought. Let me let him complete his thought here, Kevin. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Let me let him complete his thought. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Bravo. So so I'm we can't get into that. We've always focused on overcoming fighting against conditions. But very quickly, um 90% of the African slaves here in this country were not freed with the Emancipation Proclamation, January 1st, 1863. I encourage people to go to loc.gov, which is the Library of Congress website, or archives.gov, and actually read the Emancipation Proclamation. It's, it clearly states the territories in rebellion, those slaves are freed. They were in the, they were in the Confederacy. They were in the Confederacy. That's what the majority of the slaves were. The, the Confederacy secedes from the Union, sets up their own government. Lincoln and the Union had no control over what they did. Maryland, Missouri, Kentucky, and Delaware, the border states, were still allowed to keep their slaves because they stayed loyal to the Union. Maryland did not abolish slavery until November 1st, 1864, because they put it on a ballot. So when we talk about the Emancipation okay. Proclamation, we actually have to read these documents as opposed to going by the narrative that's been taught to us in school because it's So wrong. Bryson, I want to get to you on this because uh, Michael says that America has not even addressed the issue of slavery. I'd have to agree there's been no apology, there have been no reparations, and they pretend like it doesn't exist. There's even a core group of Americans who say slavery never happened. How do you, how, how do you reconcile this, Bryson? I reconcile this easily with history. Everybody here likes to talk about history, right? So everybody have to explain to me. If slavery matters so much and we still can't get over it and we need the government help to get over it, nobody answered my question from earlier. Why 20 years after slavery was 89% of the black families intact? Matter of fact, we can go further. Why everybody bring up Black Wall Street, but nobody talks about how five years later, when the local government was trying to stop them from rebuilding because of oppression, they still got it rebuilt with the help of black lawyers five years later. If, if, if this but Bryson, so what I think you're saying here is why haven't black people progressed, it sounds like. And black people have progressed, but not, we shouldn't no, focus not, on... That what, that we shouldn't, we shouldn't focus on... Right, hold that, that thought, fellas. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We shouldn't focus on the fact that Black Wall Street had to rebuild five years later. Shouldn't we focus on the fact that they had to rebuild in the first place? No. Right. No, that, this, this is my point. Even in the 90s, they, they did a study in Queens in the 90s. Black people uh, that had both parents in the home 
had a higher median household income that than, is the, exactly than, right. than their white counterparts. What That's I'm it. saying is, how, why, why, will you, why will you focus on the bad part of history and not focus on them overcoming it against all eyes? If we can do it then, why are you crying for the government now? Chris, are why these, are you crying for yeah, the government now? Uh, I am fighting for what we are owed. Now, now hear what we're saying here. <laughs> what we are Somebody owed. owes you money, and they're telling you to forget about the money. Anybody here, if anybody owes anybody here money and somebody said, well, it's too long, you should forget about the money you owe me. No, the government owes us. And well, the government what do you owe? What do you care owe it for? How long, I don't care I mean, how Chris? long. That, I don't care how long it is. If you owe us money, pay us the money. Chris, Nobody Chris what, what, what do you owe for? Own life, we're not going to say that. But let's talk about this family. family no, Chris, thing. I want to know what you owe for. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, because y'all keep going to this family. This this is really just the modern version of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. This is what we're hearing from Bryson and from Kevin. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, Blackfoot. But let's talk about the family. Right now, a white family with a single-parent household has more wealth than a black family with two parents in the house. That is not true. Right now, uh, that's according to the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States government. True. Right now, a, 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 a white household where the head of the household did not graduate high school is a high school dropout has more wealth than a black family that with both parents, two, both parents have a degree. You don't have to believe me, believe the Federal Reserve Bank consumer, but servant of consumer finances. Okay, fine. So you, got, so you got lots of statistics. Years. You can so check you got it. Lots it was of statistics. It was true in 2019. It's true today. It's not about the, your your family structure. It's not about your education. It's not about your job. It's the fact that they got wealth from us. They owe us. They got to pay us. Yeah, well, so, so uh, you know, I would say to you, uh, Chris, where'd they get the wealth from you? What did you donate to white families so that because they Because wealth over? is passed down from generation to, to generation. Well, so they got it from well, their really? parents. So, so, all the, so what you're telling me, what you're telling parents. me is that black people in this nation with two parent households, like I grew up, grew up in with my grandparents, we got nothing. And all, all the people that are, nothing. all the people that, all the people that you see. Let's take a quick people. break and come right back on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. <laughs> Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and the business of being black today is should black people get over slavery? Please welcome my guest today, music artist and host of the Gray Area podcast, Bryson Gray, the founder and host of the African History Network show, Michael Emotep, the CEO of the Kevin Jackson Network, Kevin Jackson, and lead organizer at the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California, Chris Lodgson, is here. Do black people blame slavery for everything? I'm going to get us one to Michael. Hold on. I know y'all are I don't even get to finish my last point, Tammy. Okay. <laughs> Kevin, go ahead and finish your last. Your, you no, got you go, 20 seconds you go, I'm, I'm going to compliment Okay, I'm going to compliment Michael because early in the in the in the program, Michael touched on the right things that while we do understand these things exist, we as a people got over everything, man. While white people were dropping from malaria, we were we were surviving. We we went stood slavery. We withstood all these lack of civil rights, et cetera, to to even create a black president. And we still seem to dismiss all this. And I'm saying, when when did we lose that spirit that said we can defeat anything that comes to us? And it seems like that's what's gone. Why why are we not preaching this to young blacks like uh, what uh, Bryson's talking about? Why are we not? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. Words of Obama. Michael, no, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing him, you the yeah. question. I'm bringing you the question, Michael. Do black people blame slavery for everything? Well, black people are not a monolith, so right. It, it, so it depends upon you. You 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 may have some segments <laughs> that 
do that. So then let okay. me ask you, it, let me let me let me revise the question then, Michael. Okay. Should black people blame slavery for everything? When uh so when you say everything, you mean our financial situation, our educational situation, our health situation, our um housing situation, the family structure situation, everything. Um there are some uh harmful uh side effects. There are some lasting legacies of slavery that we're dealing with. Uh, so I want to talk about time? something specific. Let me help you here. Okay. Chris mentioned mm -hmm. that uh, we there's about this generational wealth. When sure. Chris talks about reparations and Kevin says, mm -hmm. but Chris, what have you done mm -hmm. to get the money? What right. what have you done? And Chris says, well, my family, my family's family, my family's family family has built this nation and never been paid for that. That right. could have very well been put into generational wealth. Had we had the land, had we had the houses, had we had the finances uh, right. uh, for the labor that we built well, this country on. So let's so, use that, for example. OK, so for, for instance, I know he gave the racial wealth gap. That's one. But if we look at um, African-American homes are valued at $156 billion less than uh, comparable white homes. It's about, on average, $48,000. And um, that comes from the Brookings Institute for people that want to research that. So we deal with uh, discrimination when it comes a uh, history of redlining, which is created by the federal government, by the way. OK, uh, and then when we look at the G.I. Bill, 1944, the G.I. Bill, uh, even though African-Americans fought in World War II, uh, you had the way the G.I. Bill benefits were distributed and distributed at the state level. It allowed a lot of the southern states to discriminate in how they were distributed when it came to getting uh, loans to go to school, to go to college, when it came to get uh, low interest loans to buy homes, when it came to get loans to start businesses. This is what the GI Bill did. That's, that's one of the uh, post-World War II, that's one of the uh, biggest instances where we see how racism negatively impacts African-Americans with the with, with, with the distribution of those resources. That is a legacy of slavery. And it was, uh, and, and we're going to see, especially in those southern, southern states, those former Confederate states, where they're going to discriminate in how those um, resources were distributed to African-Americans. Uh, when we look at the uh, racial wealth gap, okay, uh, as Chris said, wealth largely is hereditary is passed down generation to generation. Right. Well, you go back to 1862, you look at the Homestead Act. The Homestead Act of 1862 redistributed about 250 million acres of land in this country, okay? African-Americans were largely shut out of that, and they di they distributed the land for over 100 years. They were largely but, shut out of this guys, massive no, land giveaway. There's no argument all these okay. things occurred, but how long please, are we going to go back well, and how far are we going to go Please don't interrupt me. Please don't interrupt me. No, no, no. Hold no, that no, thought, wait. Kevin and Chris. I, I, let me I, let I, Michael complete his I thought. I ain't interrupt anybody. Let me let I him thought we were going to let other people talk. I thought we said this was a dialogue. So when you look at the Homestead Act of 1862, you look at the Southern Homestead Act of 1866 that redistributed about 45 million acres of land. You look at the Dawes Allotment Act of 1887 that redistributed 138 million acres of land. African-Americans largely shut out of this. That land is handed down generation after generation. So we can look and see 
based upon laws and policies in this country, because racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race. So right. we can look and see at a history and we can look and see the laws and policies in this country. It's it's clear how we're still impacted today. Now, that does not mean we just lay down and wallow in pity. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we have to understand. I don't think we've ever laid down and wallowed in pity. I understand right. what you're saying here, Michael. Right. Kevin, Michael makes some very important parts that My, are Michael makes part, great that points. are part of. Let me let me let me get to the question, Kevin. Um, <laughs> that uh, Michael makes some very important parts that are a part of history and that are factual. When we talk about the Homestead Act, when we talk about the GI Bill, those things inadvertently or directly, I might add, create general generational wealth that has not been afforded to Black families. So there's the answer to your question. When you uh, no, it is, that is not the answer to my question because you can have generation. Look, here, here's what happens with generational wealth. Because I happen to grow up poor, and I was around a bunch of my family worked for a rich white family. And you know what's happened to these rich white kids? A couple of them are in drug rehab. A couple of them have babies out of wedlock or whatever. They are living a life that you would never have predicted for them. I, on the other hand, on the other hand and relatively successful, certainly in comparison to these kids that I watched grow up that were the same age as me. And what happened was I watched those kids. They squandered their wealth. They squandered what they had. Meanwhile, you know what was burning inside of my belly? All the things we're talking about, all these inequities I saw that I said, if I work hard, I'll get over. And thankfully, I didn't have a bunch of race pimps trying to tell me, Kevin, you can't do this because a white man won't let you do such and such. I disregarded all of that. And I said, I can become a success. And the only person who is going to stop me is me. Wow. And so I live well, that. That's beautiful, Kevin, but you still yeah, haven't Kevin, answered my question. Thank Kevin, you for that lovely soliloquy. Hold that thought, Chris. Thank you for that lovely soliloquy, Kevin. I appreciate it. I think we all feel that way on this panel. But the question is, haven't some of the uh, the laws that America put in place prevented Black people from reaching generational wealth, such as yeah, the Homestead Act and the GI Bill? Certainly the things that, that uh, Michael talked about were generationally done, and they did impact people from years past. But if you're going to tell me that in 2022, that you can't get anything done because you can't own land, you can't create generational wealth as a black person, you can't own your own company. You, I mean, all the things that are available to any white person are available to me. And I would never, never teach my four black babies, my four black men now, sons, anything close to this. They can achieve whatever they want. They're all magna cum laude graduates of Wharton, SMU, the University of Texas, and one's getting a D1 scholarship for baseball. Why? Because they've been taught to work hard, and there are no excuses. No excuses, Kevin says. Bryson, I want to ask you, because Kevin says um, that whatever is available to white people is available to him. However, I recall a uh, an instance where a black family tried to get their home appraised. It was appraised at a lower value than a white family when they restructured their home to make it appear as if a white family lived there. So uh, the value of their home certainly was not available to them as it was to the white people. Why, Bryson? Um, I'm gonna be honest, it's weird to like point out singular cases. I find it interesting, right? When Michael brings up victim points to make you have a, an excuse, make anybody have an excuse, he gets praised and claps. When I bring up the opposite end of these points on how we overcame, there's an issue. Why why is Bryson bringing up the point that he overcame? And that that to me is the perfect representation of the current state of not all, but a lot of the black community. That's why you ask reparations instead of getting up and doing it your dang own self. Because right now you're not oppressed. Right yeah. now you can do everything you want to oh. do. So stop complaining, get off your dang <laughs> own feet. 
get family, stop having baby daddies, and get your dang on life right and turn to God if you want me to be real. Don't be like, stop having baby daddies, stop having baby mamas. Same thing. First of all, we're not going to get over something and we're not going to get over something that is owed to us. Reparations is owed, it's owed to, to you. us. It's owed to us as a people. All of us who descend from slavery in this country, reparations are owed. Pull that thought on your money. It's clear, Chris, you want your coins. It's very clear. <laughs> Let's take a quick huh? break so I can get right. my coins. I'm going to get my money ready for Chris. Hang on. <laughs> Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and I tell you, I have the most passionate panel today <laughs> to talk about the business of being black, which is, should slavery be forgotten about? I do have a question. I mean, it is true that other ethnicities are allowed to remember their past and to honor their past while progressing. Why is it that we must forget, Kevin? Nobody's telling us to forget slavery. I think quite the opposite. When I was told I was that my family was descendants of slaves, I'll never forget it. I was in the, the fifth grade, and the teacher told me that, and I was smiling, and she couldn't figure out why I was smiling. And I said, because my family overcame that, and I'm in, I'm in class with white kids. So I'm no longer a slave. We apparently came from the bottom, and now I'm sitting there with white kids. Oh, started from the bottom, now we're here. Chris, um, oh. why? Why is it that Black people get shunned or get a little backlash for wanting to remember slavery? Because the country knows that we old, and so they don't want to pay us, and so they want us to forget instead of paying us. And they use people, unfortunately, like Kevin and Bryson, to help them help us forget without us getting paid. I'm not forgetting nothing until we get reparations. I'm not I know you nothing. don't have no friends, Chris, if they owe you money. You, you don't right. have a friend right. in right. And just like if they owe you money. Like everybody else here. Nobody here is forgetting about nothing. Nobody owes them until they get paid. And no other group is told to do that. Nope. The, the, the Jewish folks have a concentrated campaign they have a slogan never forget yes never <laughs> forget it's about money. specific so everybody knows that the jewish folks are never told that they have to forget about anything even after they got their reparations that's so the whole at, at least until we get our reparations we're not forgetting about nothing Let's go to Michael and talk about politics, because that has a lot to do with reparations and being repaired for damages. How, um, how has slavery shaped modern-day politics, Michael? Well, when you look at the Reconstruction era, which is the period right after uh, slavery ends, uh, right, right after the Civil War ends, I should say, 1865, 1877, you see uh, African-American men, because of the 15th Amendment of 1870, you see us voting, you see us getting elected to public office, you see us getting elected to uh, the House of Representatives and a couple in the Senate. Then there's going to be a, um, a declining commitment from Republicans to continue to intervene on behalf of African-Americans in conflicts in the South, like the Clinton-Mississippi riot of 1875. Um, and what's going to happen is, after Reconstruction ends in 1877 with the Compromise of 1877, you're going to see the, um, you, the, the state constitutions being rewritten to impose poll taxes and literacy tests, to impose grandfather clauses, things like this. And like with Mississippi, 1890, Mississippi State Convention. And what happens is the overwhelming majority of those African-Americans who got elected to public office get wiped out. They get voted out of office. And when you look at those various states that are changing their state constitutions, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, <laughs> things like this, the uh, number of African-Americans who are registered to vote drastically decreases. 
which reduced our political power. Okay, so we're going to see uh, this have a, a negative impact. And th this is why, because of what happened in Mississippi in 1890, Florida in 1889, because Florida was the first state to have poll taxes, this is why you needed a Voting Rights Act in 1965, okay, to, 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 to make those things illegal and to put federal oversight over those uh, territories and, and over those uh, states that had a history of putting impediments uh, in front of the uh, 15th Amendment for, for African-Americans. So, so so what we have, well, no, well, you know, uh, in many states, you have uh, laws being put in place to help suppress that vote once again. You have so 19 how, how states. How can I not vote anywhere? I'm, I'm, hey, if you let me speak, I'm answering. Uh, uh, you have 19. It's not a matter of not voting. It's a matter of putting impediments in the way of you voting the mm. same way that they did with the poll taxes and literacy tests. They never said, when you look at what the white supremacists did, they never said you can't vote. They charged a poll tax to, uh, you had to pay a tax to be able to register to vote. Okay. I, I know so, all so, the so, so 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 is so we see Michael Kevin is asking how does what does that have to do with today? Well, no, if you look if you, if you if, if you look at the uh 19 states that have passed 34 laws to make it harder to vote, they're doing a lot of those same things putting impediments in the way of voting, whether it's changing are, are polling locations, whether it's changing no. lo polling no. locations, there there are 1700 fewer polling locations today. Than, than there was prior to 2013. 2013 is when Shelby County versus oh, Holder so. happened. So Shelby County versus Holder. If you uh, it, it, and, and if you look at the reporting that uh, uh, Ari uh, Ari uh, Melbourne did, uh, Ari Berman did for the Nation.com in uh, 2016 for the 2016 presidential election. At that time, in 2016, there were 868 fewer polling places. This increases the weight. So then it does. It does. Slavery does. Slavery has shaped modern day politics. Is what I get. This is directly related. Slavery. Bryson, you say we can vote today, so that's a bunch of bull. Man, we we got to get serious. Everybody in here that's from the black. Everybody that's in here that's from the black community. Go ask the majority of men in the inner cities when the last time they voted. We got the right to vote. You can vote. Look at the numbers. Black women coming out, coming out to vote. Black men stay home. You know what I'm saying? Why do you stay That's home, Bryson? Why do you stay home? Bryson? Oh, Bryson, Bryson Gray don't stay home. Bryson Gray got up in uh, November and went right on to that poll and voted for Donald J. Trump in 2020. <laughs> I'm tell you that right now. So why do your Why do your black brothers stay home? I ask them that all the time. And it's because it's because of culture. Everything we're talking about that we blame for slavery, the issue was always culture. And because none of my by the way, no question I have asked yet. Has been answered by anybody on the panel. It's just arguing because, because, because Bryson, I agree I'm with the you. Moderator, Bryson, I agree with I you. I ask the questions. I, I, I feel you. I'm glad we have a conversation. Questions need to I'm be answered. I'm confused. It's, no, we gotta no, go no, it's on not, your show for that. No, no, it's, it's, it's not about that. I'm just saying that there's numbers that disagree with these that these things a lot of people are saying. Even now, if somebody says something not true, bro. Uh, Chris, look look it up, my brother. Look it up, please. Well, women, the, the point women, I, the only point you, I want to make. Women show the vote more than men. The point I want to make is, that, is who can stop us from voting? I, I still haven't heard. Hold on, hold on. Let me tell you this, Bryson. Bryson just said that black men don't vote and black women do. That's not true. Well, that's literally not true. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with that one way or the other. But here's what I will tell you. Why not? Whoever. No, I'm saying. I'm saying, Chris. I I think you're right in this particular case. Ask Michael. I bet you he know. But here's my point. Is there something stopping us from voting? And he's your answer. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. 
The candidates don't have anything to offer us specifically. Okay, well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about racist. I don't owe you my vote. I don't owe nobody my vote. You have to go and get me to vote for you. So if you don't have anything to offer me, I'm not going to vote for you. That's a dodge. I'm asking what Michael said was that we can't vote. We got all these laws against us. We got all this this so-called disenfranchisement. Michael said we can't vote. Michael said there are states that are trying to make it hard for black people to vote. That's not making it hard for black people. They're making it hard for people. That, no, no, no. Michael said that they are state. Listen, look at look at every single county that was challenged for revotes and and recounts in the 2020 election. Black that people the person who actually voted for challenged every single one of those counties in Detroit, in Atlanta, in et cetera, et cetera, in Ohio were places where black people voted the majority. Now, I am not saying that you should vote for this person or for that person. I'm 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 saying that the reason why, and this is to, to your question, Kevin, the reason why we're not coming out as much as people want us to come out is because they ain't offering us nothing specifically. And that is for the Democrats and the Republicans. That's not true. I thought you said I was lying, though. You just confirmed no, what I said. No, he never said you were lying I, I about it. Yes, he did. got it wrong. <laughs> you said black no, men hey, don't hey, vote and black can... women do. That's just not No, true. that's not. I think there's there's just, it's a simple misunderstanding. That, that's a matter of No, what Bryson said, what Bryson said was black women outnumber black men when it comes to voting. Uh, so I'm true. not sure if that's what you were disagreeing with, Chris, but that I heard him say fact. that black, I heard him say black women vote and black men don't. That's no, what that's I not, heard. That's and not that's not said. true. No, he said black women outnumber black men when it comes to voting. Or uh, uh, did I get that right, Bryson? Yes, black women. And, and, and I think Bryson is right man. about that. It's I think statistic. Bryson is right. Ask Mike, I, I know okay. Michael, no. Okay, but it, it, okay, <laughs> fine. Still, the point is that if you want me to vote for you, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you have to have something to offer me. Okay, I don't but, but look, the bigger issue here was are black people being not able to vote? And the, the simple answer to that question is we can vote. Now, whether we choose to vote or not is a whole different issue, but there is right. no conspiracy to say black people are going to vote and white people can vote. So when we talk about slavery there and reparations, show me where we there, can't do something. And I'm coming back it's a conspiracy to make Well, I'm going to show you where we can go to commercial break <laughs> right here and right now on the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. We'll be back, y'all. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is should black people get over slavery? That is the question and the topic at hand. Let's talk about these monuments. Uh, What are your thoughts on the monuments, uh, uh, on people saying get over slavery but fight uh, with violence and in some cases terrible violence to keep Confederate monuments standing. Are they showing their inability to get over slavery themselves? I mean, Germany doesn't have monuments to Nazis because they're ashamed of the Holocaust. Should we have monuments of uh, uh, people who held us captive, uh, uh, Michael? Uh, no, not at all. Every Confederate monument in this country needs to be taken down because they committed they committed treason against the union based upon Article 3, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution. And nations don't have monuments honoring their traitors. So, no, every, every, uh, and, but at the same time, the real history of the Civil War of Reconstruction also needs to be taught as well. And this is one of the problems because in a lot, in 45 states out of 50, there was a study done by the Zen Education Project. The history of Reconstruction is taught very little or not at all. And that's a, the, the 1865 to 1877 is a critical 
uh, piece of history, critical period of history in this country uh, where, where African-Americans were making gains and then we see things get reversed. So, no, there should be no Confederate monuments in this country at all. Kevin, Confederate monuments, yay or nay? I, I think Confederate monuments should not have ever been erected, but they were up, and I probably walked past many because I travel, I toured through the whole country, and I never was afraid of one. Uh, I don't. I think it's a waste of time to tear them down. But I think that what happens when you start tearing down monuments of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, then maybe you start to get a little bit uh, far afield. Uh, you start tearing down monuments of the people who have whose names sit atop of the most of the HBCUs, and people don't even understand the history. Yet they leave the monuments up, and they they finally got around to doing this at, uh, with FDR with a uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson at Princeton, understanding how big of a racist he was, and how big of a racist FDR was, and how big of a racist all of these other Democrats were, who we were building monuments to, and you know the Kennedys for that matter, racist people. It took Khrushchev to tell Kennedy to get home and take care of his business with blacks. So if we're going to rewrite history and talk about all this black, white, and who did what for blacks, I think you're going to have to tear them all down. Yeah, we would flat. definitely have to tear them all down. I'd agree with that. Bryson, tear them down. Yay or nay? If you care about monuments, and this goes for anybody who's watching, in my opinion, no disrespect, but you're punk. <laughs> Places like St. Louis has a 39.8 per 100,000 murder rate and you care about monuments. Black women have aborted over 300,000 babies in the last year and you worried about monuments. But can't we, mur can't, can't we worry about them both, Bryson? No, because monuments can't do nothing to on. you. They're statues. They're statues. They don't do anything. Chris, do we right. take them down, yay or nay? We take them down. Bryson's wrong. They, you, no, they, Bryson's they, right. They, re, they remind us. And so <laughs> it's interesting that most of these monuments were built after slavery. <gasps> Most of those monuments were built after slavery. After White Civil folks War. never forgot about the slavery. They built monuments to their, to their traitor confederates after slavery. Take them down, and yes, we can do more than one thing at the same time. Why do you want a symbol reminding you of that you are op oppressed or that you a symbol were reminding you that you by right. these and continue <laughs> yeah. to be oppressed by their children to today? Take them all down. Let me just interject this quickly. The majority of the Confederate monuments were built between 1895 and about 1910, and then from about 1954, 55 oh. through 1970. Oh. You had you had the period of time right at the time when you had Plessy versus Ferguson, uh, Supreme Court case, which uh, legalized Jim, which uh, solidified Jim Crow. So you have that, and then you have the Civil Rights Movement. They were they were built to 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 maintain to keep African Americans in a subservient place and to remind us of that place. And then That's you right. have the period of time during the civil rights movement where they're going to be built. Keep in mind it was it was uh right about 1948 that they bring back out the Confederate battle flag. It's not mm. the Confederate flag, it's the Confederate battle flag of Northern Virginia under General Robert E. Lee's army, because there were three flags that flew over the Confederate States of America from 1861, 1865. The flag that's on the General Lee Carr was, was never one of those flags, but they bring that out, bring that back to be in opposition to civil rights, to be in opposition I just, to African Americans. I see monuments and rights. flags, Michael. I see the monuments and flags, and I chuckle every time I walk by them because what it said to me was this nation overcame that. We whooped that butt. And now I'm free. That's exactly what I saw. No, they didn't I, overcome so it. Up a they didn't overcome it. Like, yeah, we did. We've overcome it. We've overcome it. Free, Kevin. The statues make us unfree. 
And to Bryson's point, we have so many more better things to be thinking about than that kind of nonsense. But that's how they get us. They get us to, to oh, look over here. And we do it. We fall for it every time. And he's right. No. Pregnancy we rates. fall for the banana in the tailpipe, no. Michael, is what he says. No, well, that's because you don't understand the power of those symbols. You don't understand what they oh, represent. Really? And right. white supremacists use that as a rallying. They, they use that <laughs> as a rallying cry. Look at August 2017, the Unite the Right rally. In Virginia, they wanted a they, they wanted to save a statue uh, of uh, General Robert E. Lee. When you study when, when, when you study General Robert E. Lee, General Robert E. Lee was against Confederate monuments and Confederate statues, even those for him. He was against using the Confederate flag after the Civil War ended. He said <laughs> so let's that, hold that thought. So, Michael, I want you to tell us about the African History Network. How can we get to your online history courses? Well, visit our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. I teach two online history classes, Tuesdays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968, and Thursdays, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. So these are eight-week online courses. I put together the curriculum. I do a PowerPoint presentation, book references, articles, video clips, all of that. And then also listen to the African History Network show as well. We have the information on our website. Site. You can download the iHeartRadio app and the TuneIn Radio app and listen there also. Bryson, please talk about the gray area. It doesn't seem like you're in any gray area, brother. <laughs> hey, listen, great area podcast now. We have the most dangerous people on. I just had Charleston White on. I've had a few people from the inner cities of Chicago on because I'm trying to actually fight, figure out ways to uh, improve the black community rather than complaining about the past. And when you talk to these kids, these kids don't know nothing about no statues, bro. They don't know nothing about none of stuff they talk about. These kids are traumatized from seeing dead bodies at a young age. They don't even know that there's another way out. So we need to figure out ways to actually try to improve this type of culture. Uh, and telling them about how they were slaves a million times ain't going to do it because that's all they were taught in schools. So great area podcast, of course. And I release music every Friday. Awesome. Okay. All right. Chris, the mission behind the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California. Achieve reparations and reparative justice for Black American descendants of U.S. We should have known. We should have known. California, <laughs> we help write. We help write and get signed into law. California's first in the nation reparations commission bill signed in 2020 by Governor Gavin Newsom. We just were selected as one of the seven community anchor organizations by the California Reparations Task Force to do community outreach and, and, and engagement for California reparations. So our mission is to achieve reparations and reparative justice right here in the state of California. CJEC-official.org is the website. Get on our newsletter and make sure you come to the next California Reparations Commission hearings, which are going to be Wednesday, December 14th, Thursday, December 15th in Oakland, California. More details. Stay tuned. Yeah, we laugh at you now, but later we're going to be coming to you. I know, right. How Everybody we, here who's saying How can we get our checks? Nobody going to pass that check up, check, Chris? I don't need that check Are you going to pass that check up, Kevin? Kevin, I don't need that check up. Hold that Kevin, how did the Kevin Jackson Network come about? Let's talk about your Kevin Jackson Network, Well, real briefly, you can go to the KevinJacksonNetwork.com. You get everything, all our projects. We want to change pop culture. We want to change politics. We want to end identity politics and get people focused on meritocracy, because when that occurs, Black people will prove how great we are. The project we have going on right now, I've got about 50 CEOs who want mentors. They want to mentor young at-risk uh, entrepreneurs, work side by side with them, show them how to get into business and build businesses for these young 
people of color, and they are ready to go. I'm flying to uh, Chicago in the next couple of weeks to get that money and bring that project to Chicago and to Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you. We love it. We love it. Michael, thank you so much. Kevin, Chris, Bryson, what a spirited and passionate conversation today on the business of being Black with Tammy Mack. Until next time, bye, y'all.